welcome to another episode of The Buzzer Race. I'm your host, Nikhil Ranjan. And hi, I am your co-host, Kyle Jane. And for our guest today, we have David Jackson, the former NJCL academic chair from 2015 to 2020. Welcome, David. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so could you do a like brief introduction for the listeners um, and then tell us your favorite food? Yeah, so uh, again, my name is David Jackson. I taught Latin for uh, 18 years and was a school administrator at Oak Hall School in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, I attended Sandalwood High School, uh, and that's how I um, became involved in JCL as a student of Miss Nancy Allen. And uh, currently, I'm serving as the head of school at Canterbury School in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Nice, nice. And what's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food is pizza, uh, without a doubt. Oh, okay. It's proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Incredible. Pizza is a very respectable choice, so I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. So we can just kind of dive right into things. Um, so as you mentioned already, uh, briefly, uh, how you got into Latin. Could you expound a bit more on that, like how you ended up taking Latin and... Uh, yeah, so I actually didn't take Latin until I was a junior in high school. Um, I had transferred to Sandalwood as a freshman. Um, and when I was a sophomore, I got really into history and just re I started reading a lot of it. Um, always loved mythology as a, as a younger kid and middle school student. Um, but I started reading a lot of history, which led me to philosophy. And I started coming across terms like a priori and, um, and didn't really, you know, wanted to understand more about what they meant. And so that led me to taking Latin. And uh, that was huge for me, obviously, in my life, because I met a group of students there, uh, peers at Sandalwood, and my teacher, Miss Allen, who just really encouraged me. Uh, found Kurtaman and fell in love with it immediately. So, uh, you know, Miss Allen would do this trick where like the second week of school, she'd break out Kurtaman buzzers and then invite everybody after school to uh, practice and play. And I just met some of my best friends there and uh, loved Kurtaman right away and dove right into it. Yeah, that I feel like this is like a staple practice then because I was actually telling Kyle like just 10 minutes before about how uh, my Latin teacher, like for the Latin ones, like a week or two into school, once you got some basic vocab down and stuff, um, she breaks out the Kirtaman machine and is like, let's play around just, you know, for fun. And it's kind of testing the waters who wants yeah. to play Kirtaman and stuff. Definitely. Yeah. No, that's, and that's how I, and, and it's funny because obviously we, you know, we learn these tricks from our teachers, right? And that's what I've always done, right? Um, I'm teaching a seventh grade Latin class this year, and I know in, in about another week, I'll probably break out the Kirtaman buzzers, even though we're probably going to be on Zoom for a little while now this year, but we're breaking out those Kirtaman buzzers, and we're going to see who's really interested. Yeah, no, that, it, it just seems to be kind of like a passed down practice. So what kept you in Kirtaman? Because you mentioned you met a bunch of like peers that you really enjoyed like meeting and hanging out with, and is it like, the people, the game, a mix? I would say all. Um, I had a former player um, uh, whose name is Marianne Plattrell. You guys might know Marianne, mm -hmm. but she, she said to me one time, uh, you know, I, I came for the competition, but I stayed for the people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true of so many of us, right? So you get into it because you got the competition and you love it. And, you know, if you think about it from a scientific perspective, what, is it, what does it do for you when you hit the buzzer and you answer the question? Well, it's releasing dopamine, right? Mm -hmm this natural inhibitor. Um, but 
uh, not an inhibitor, but um, this natural, um, you know, uh, uh, just exponent of joy, right? Uh, but, you know, it, it's really a combination of those. Like, I love to compete. I love studying my peers, my friends. You know, we would come to practice and they would say things like, oh, did you study last night? Like, what are you studying right now? Like, and I never encountered that before in a group of, of friends. And, you know, I loved learning and I loved Latin. I loved history. And I eventually started to get into other subjects as well. But it was really a combination of the competition and how much I loved it and also my friends. Um, and so I feel like it's definitely, you know, not only just, you know, competing against others, but forming those friendships that is what makes Kurtaman so great. Yeah, no, I think uh, one thing that was noted by a couple of like peers in high school who weren't necessarily in Latin, but they knew I did Latin was like, you are so close to your Latin friends. And it's just, and we didn't even have to be sharing classes. It was just because we both played Kurtaman. And, you know, the like, as you mentioned, you would ask, like, ask each other, like, oh, what did you learn last night? Oh, did you, do you know this fact? And it's like, I don't know, it's, a, it's an interesting exchange of information that occurs between Kurtama and Kurt a lot. No doubt, no doubt. So you joined your junior year in Latin, and so those are the two years you ended up playing, uh, 97 and 98. Yep. And so 97, you're on the novice team, and you get second, and yeah. then y'all win 98 so you win the following year which i imagine must feel great and i'm wondering if you could kind of just tell us kind of like the story who was on your team and like how you guys like bounce back from like second which i know for some people can be a really soul crushing thing yeah like, to not like win you know yeah so my first convention was 1997 it was at fargo it was the first time oh. it was fargo one um and it was great such a great experience so we made it to the finals um i think we were the number one seed i can't remember that was a long time ago and so first five toss-ups come by and like we put nothing on the board right and we're like uh oh so we rally we get some questions back and forth round we get to the final toss-up and uh, we're tied with virginia 120 120 so it was florida virginia wisconsin uh so we're tied with virginia 120 uh toss-up 20, passage question. This was really before passage questions were kind of like a staple thing in Kurtaman. Like they were just getting going as um, like your typical kind of question. We, I don't even think there were qu passage questions every round at that point. There might have been. Okay. Um, so it was, you know, passage question and um, a player from Virginia buzzed in and uh, guessed the name of the person in the passage, like real fast, got it. And we were so crushed. I mean, it was like, oh God, you know, work all summer. And But, you know, I think... It was disappointing, but that really helped fuel us for the next year. Um, and I think that's such a great thing about competition and Kurtaman in general. You know, it's like, okay, you have to deal with adversity. You have to deal with disappointment. And those are great growth experiences for mm -hmm. students. It certainly was for me. Um, so, you know, we, we came back. Actually, the grammarian on my team decided that she wasn't going to come to nationals uh, the next year. And, um, and so I had to pick up a lot of grammar, which was really good for me. Um, and then uh, it was interesting because I had I'd kind of started college. Um, I ended up uh, going during the summer term, which was, a, again, a great experience for me. But it was hard because, you know, I was still doing JCL stuff. So went to, um, to Amherst, uh, where Nationals was in 98. And um, yeah, we had a great team. Um, still in touch with some of them, not all of them. But, um, you know, we did really well in 
played the same Virginia team in um, in the finals and just had a really good round. I think we got like four out of the first five toss-ups and sometimes you get a roll like that, you know. Um, but it's so interesting. I don't know if this is true of you guys, but I have vivid memories from that round. Like I could probably, I can recite almost every toss-up in that round. Um, so it was, just, it was just a really great experience. And at that time, Florida was not like huge in Kurtaman. Uh, we had won a few national championships, but that was sort of like the first one that kind of like let us get on a little bit of a roll in Kurtaman. So that was kind of cool. Um, but the whole experience was just awesome. You know, uh, playing Kurtaman, having that experience, you know, come back the next year, um, like celebrating with, with, with all my friends, you know, many of whom I still talk to today. Um, just really, really awesome experience. Yeah, no, there are definitely those rounds where it's just like, not necessarily maybe it's at like, you know, some super significant point in the tournament, but there are just some rounds where you're just like, I know I can tell you verbatim what happened. I'll tell you if like a pin drop, like I will tell you everything that occurred in this round. Like that's really, that's really nice to hear though. I'm, I'm glad those types of memories form in JCL. And I think they're very conducive to form in JCL just because of like how much fun people are having. And it's like, it's really nice to uh, look back on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So my JCL experience was great. Um, I, um, I did one convention as an SCLer, actually two conventions as an SCLer. I, I missed two years of convention in college. I missed, um, I missed 2000 and 2001. Um, and I, in college, I volunteered with Oak Hall, um, really kind of starting in my freshman year. And we just really wanted to kind of find a school in Gainesville and give back what was so great about our Latin club. And, um, you know, so it was kind of random, actually, that it happened to be O'Call. So we called up the teacher. She was awesome. She's like, yes, our kids would love to work with you. Uh, we started working with them. They didn't have a buzzer system. We got them one, or the school got them one, which is great. And then uh, we took them to their first competition, which was at Leon High School, uh, which back in the day when I was in JCL in Florida, Leon High School was like the program, right? They had, they actually won state like 16 years in a row. Like all of the national teams com were comprised of like their students. Um, and we, and our kids actually won the first competition that we took them to. So I was like, yeah. And that was kind of the moment for me. I was like, wow, this is such a great feeling just being able to share that with younger kids. Um, and that's kind of fueled my, my teaching career for sure. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think, I think that's a fair amount of like, uh, adults who are in the like involved in the JCL scene in any ways it's like I had such a fun experience I want to share it with you and and like help in any way I can right kind of like giving back to the community that welcomed all of us so like warmly yeah definitely definitely so I was curious so you played in 97 and 98 um and you ended up coaching afterwards and I wanted to know what you thought of the game as it changed from like when you played to now like, what do you think has, like, really been, like, the big changes? And do you yeah, like any, some dislike? That's a great question. Um, you know, I would say just the, let's say both the depth and breadth of the questions. You know, when I, when I was playing, it was much more of, like, a quick, quick, quick speed, you know. Um, you didn't have these sort of layered questions um, and, um, and, you know, the sort of, and I think it's, I, I personally, I think Kurt is best when you have a mix, right, of those types of questions. Um, but there's definitely so much more sophistication now um, amongst the question writers, the players, um, what, the, what the students are able to know. Um, 
uh, uh, in-depthly, I think is, is wonderful. And so I tell people all the time, you know, students who really kind of go through the Kurtaman program and, and they go through their, their senior year and, and they've been on the advanced level and successful, like the amount of stuff that the students know is really equivalent to what you would find in graduate school and even beyond, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it's really, really impressive. Um, so that's definitely been a big change. I think the, fo the focus on, on passage questions has been great. Um, you know, just just being a lot more in depth. I've, I've also seen one of the question types that I love are the geography of the city of Rome questions, mm -hmm. sort of, um, you know, the fact that we're asking the students to really know the layout of the city and kind of being in depth there. So there are so many little things like that that, that have um, been enhancements in the questions from the time that I was a player. Yeah, so uh, after your career as a player, you became a coach for Florida, where you had a really successful career as a Kurtaman coach uh, for 10 NJCL championship teams and uh, assistant coach for eight more NJCL championship teams. This is probably one of the best coaching records, if not the best. Uh, do you, how did you do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I actually, it was interesting. I, I went back and looked at all of the um, championships. And I think, you know, because we've kind of adopted this model of like co-coaching a lot. And at Nationals, we would, you know, you obviously had to have your one or two people who are designated as the coach. So it's kind of hard for me to number, you know, the the total, you know, number of, of, of teams that I was like the head coach for. I think I went back and found seven, um, but really it was, it was always sort of a combined team effort. Um, but really, I think the, the success there had to do with, um, you know, um, creating a, a, a system in which, you know, you, not only you had your, your yearly circuit of Kurtaman matches, but just always, you know, trying to um, to talk to the kids, about, uh, encourage the kids, I think, really. So like, I would always uh, make the point of, like early in the year, if if kids, if I if I saw like they were doing really well in Kurtaman and really into it, you know, I'd always introduce myself and say, hey, great job. And, you know, looking forward to you hopefully trying out for the Nationals team and, and sort of just kind of like, you know, making the kids feel welcome, I think always went a long way. Um, and then we would do multiple practices over the summertime uh, and kind of give the kids guidance and support, just like everybody else, you know, who's been successful does. But I think just kind of creating that culture where the kids were excited, where they had support, where, you know, you challenge them in a good way, right? You know, to always kind of take the next step and, um, you know, and that you kind of treat it like a, I, I had a saying that I always say with the kids, three, six, five, right? So not that we're studying every single day, but, you know, we should be thinking about it, you know, like what's, what's the next step, right? So, you know, kind of like great teams will say things like no days off, right? Um, not, that, not that we were like study, 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 but just encouraging them to be their best, you know, and to always be thinking about it. Um, uh, about 10 years ago, I had a group of kids who really, really started to take, I mean, a huge um, step and they would do these... Um, they would go to Starbucks and study all the time and they called them marathon days and they would go and they would sit at Starbucks guys, no doubt from like 6am until 9pm and they take breaks and they'd like go, they'd like go get lunch or whatever. Um, but they just really loved the competition, the camaraderie and sort of kind of 
you know, started to inculcate that, um, that ethos and that culture of, of wanting to strive to be better. And, um, and it was also about friendship, really. I mean, like, you know, what drives you to sit somewhere with someone and, and read Latin literature questions or study the Conti or the trip or, you know, actually look at primary sources and things like that for so long. It's you're doing it with your friends, right? And so you're building that type of culture. Um, so those are some of the things that we did. And then um, Ken and Dino, I don't know if you guys you know, no, and he's uh, obviously he's been doing World Series for a number of years, but he taught at McClay School um, in Tallahassee for a number of years. And um, we coached together. And after one year where we didn't do so well, we looked at, looked at each other and went, okay, we got to mix it up. We got to do something. So we started this camp called Camp Wanabuzzin. Um, and it was just this place in Live Oak, Florida, in between Gainesville and Tallahassee, middle of nowhere. And so we were like, what if we just got kids and went into the woods for a couple of days and played Kirtaman? And that's what we did. So we ran this big cabin, we had campfires, we did, you know, the 100 question round. And um, it was just such a fun experience for the kids. And they kind of worked up throughout the summer to do that. So trying to create opportunities for bonding, uh, for more competition, um, you know, those are some of the ways in which we're able to have a lot of success with the kids. Yeah, uh, it seems like there's like a really big emphasis on like creating like a welcoming atmosphere and uh, really on having like a lot of bonding amongst the players. Uh, with, with this in mind, Kurtaman can like certainly be really stressful um, so how did you as a coach uh, prep your players academically and mentally? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that's important to, to teach the students, um, uh, and I'll start kind of early on, you know, when you're teaching them early on, because it's, you know, they, it, can, it can be nerve wracking, as you know. Um, I would always teach them um, a couple of things. I'd always teach them, you know, buzz them think, right? You know, you just got to not worry about stuff. You just got to go for it, right? And if you miss a question, it's okay. Like setting the atmosphere that like, you know, perfection is not something that is a goal of ours in Kirtaman and it never should be because, I mean, it's, 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 it's literally unattainable, right? I mean, you might, you might have had a perfect round, like if you have 10 questions, you know, you might get a score of 200. But I mean, like, think of how much, how often you fail in Kirtaman, right? Like you don't get the question, mm -hmm. right? So you just got to re relieve them of that uh, expectation, like it's okay if you miss questions, right? Um, I would always talk about sort of channeling energy, because you know, like, uh, I remember this very vividly. The first time I picked up a buzzer, like I got so nervous, like in a competition, I was like, oh my God, you know, boom, 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 you know, your heart's beating on your chest. And I would always tell the kids, like, just focus on the moderator, right? Play the questions. Don't worry about your opponents, right? Just play the question and take that nervous energy and channel it into focus. And then really try to ease their mind about, um, you know, missing questions and, and, you know, being there for their teammates and, and encouraging them in the, in the tough moments, right? You know, because I've seen it, and I'm sure you've seen it, Kurtaman get, you know, you know, like really, really super hyper competitive and, um, and, and, you know, competitive is great and you want to be competitive. Um, but you, we also have to remember at the end of the day, we're talking about kids and we're talking about, um, you know, a game and we're talking about, ultimately using Kirtaman to be something that helps us with our education, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what it is at the end. Like you get to the end of it, all of it, and, um, 
and we want to win and we're super competitive right and and we, and we want to get that trophy we want to get that dub right but but at the end of the day when you're able to reflect upon it you know at the end of your career or you're in college right you're like wow look at all that stuff that i learned right and look at the scholar i became you know because of, of this activity so um that was a really long answer to a simple question <laughs> uh, maybe too uh, paraphrastic but um yeah that's those are my feelings on it no yeah that's that's really cool to hear i mean because like a lot of the times like we're all like you know like us two we're both like former players now i guess kyle much more recently than i yeah um, but like it's interesting to hear from like a coach's perspective, like the mentality of like how you approach it and why you approach it the way you do. Cause I remember Mr. Lee used to always tell us like reset every five um, mm -hmm. because yeah. of the quarter system now. So it's like every five just doesn't matter what happened in that last five. It's what matters this five. And then yeah. once it's done, what happens next five. One of the things that I always told, told um, my players is it's never over until the last five toss-ups, mm -hmm. right? And, and sometimes it is, but usually it's not, right? So like always having that mentality of like, you know, we can make a comeback or if you're up, right? If you're, if don't, you know, don't let up, you know, continue to be aggressive. Um, you know, the other thing that we really started to emphasize with the kids is that, um, uh, you know, this idea of being aggressive, but also playing smart you know, and not being reckless. Um, Cause I think that's an important mentality for, for the kids. Um, you know, you know, those certain question types where like, you know, you might not hyper buzz always the first clue, right? Um, and and I, I, I always stress to them that slow Kurtaman is losing Kurtaman, but you know, you've got you've to play smart. And, and we started to use this metaphor a couple of years ago. Um, we started to say, um, and this is really, this is an Aspen Bombardo thing. Uh, uh, I know you guys know her, but we would make this joke. We would say, um, you know, we need to check out of the Hyperbuzz Hotel and we need to check into the Reaction Resort because it's definitely a much better place to be in terms of, uh, you know, your Kurtaman, you know, bottom line. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's, that's really good to hear because I think like buzzing style is a really big thing that I don't think a lot of people focus on. I think people just kind of are like buzz when you know it, which is like good practice, but sometimes you need to start getting to like the mentality of can you figure out where this question's going that allows you to buzz and maybe that like half a second faster than like the person who's like also like, you know, has like has the same knowledge base. And that's, that's a pretty funny metaphor to hear. To me, that's one of the things that makes Kurtaman such a great game, right? Because mm -hmm. every question can be so unpredictable, and 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 you know, getting the correct answer or not, like every almost everybody in the room knows the answers, right? It's just a matter of finding that split second moment where you're in a little faster, you know, or you're buzzing at the right moment that just makes it so fun to play and fun to watch. Yeah. So. Obviously, you had your tenure as coaching and uh, still did, I guess, maybe until more recently. But you were also the academic contest chair for the NJCL during this time. And I was wondering uh, what kind of like led you to run for academic contest chair? Like what kind of like drove you there as opposed to maybe like going the Kurtaman chair route and like going along that direction? Yeah, that's such a great question. I thought a lot about this too when I was, I, I wanted to serve the organization, right? I knew I wanted to do something for JCL and contribute. Um, 
when I when I decided to run for academic contest chair and and I, and I was elected to the position, really, I mean, at that point, I kind of like quote unquote retired from coaching for Tom and like I would facilitate like I would hold a, you know the practices at school and I'd read questions but like I didn't really coach in an official capacity um, but I tried to make it to as many rounds as I could and see the kids and um, and I think that that was one of the reasons why I didn't decide to do something like run for Kurtaman chair, even though I would have really enjoyed doing that job. Um, I feel like with that job, I mean, you have to be completely detached, you know, like, mm, yeah. like I couldn't be the Kurtaman chair and like host Kurtaman practices over the summer and like read Kurtaman questions. I just wouldn't feel right doing that. So, you know, obviously I love academics. Um, and it was a way for me to serve the organization, to focus on the academic testing, uh, which is very much connected with, you know, Kurtaman and, and the world of Kurtaman. And still kind of like, you know, for, you know support uh, the kids in Kurtaman and, um, and still see some of the Kurtaman matches. It was just a really good fit for me at the mm -hmm. time and, and a good way for me to give back to the organization. Yeah, no, I mean, th that makes a lot of sense because I, I remember there were there were some things about like the Kurtaman uh, chair that I forgot, you know, there are certain things you can and can't do, you, you like, and how involved you want to be in Kurtaman is changes a fair amount in terms of like the actual competition and getting to see stuff and whatnot. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I was curious as like the academic uh, contest chair, were there any goals that you specifically had in mind when you uh, decided to run and you ended up getting elected? And was there anything you didn't get to get to in your time that you were like, I still kind of want this to occur and like, yeah. Yeah, so yes on, on both of those questions and I'll explain that. So when I, when I took over, I mean, the system was pretty good as it was. Um, you know, Laura Long, who is my predecessor from Tennessee did a really great job. My focus was really twofold, um, quality control, right? Making sure that, you know, the, the tests were good, they were well written, they were well researched, they were balanced. Um, you know, you had, I think sometimes students would tell me they would get frustrated in the, you know, in, in moments where like, maybe you had like, oh, I just had 90 really easy questions on this and 10 hard ones. And like, you know, then it's kind of like a random, you know, guess two or three as opposed yeah. to who gets first and second place, right? So, you know, I focused on that a lot, trying to make the, you know, the questions kind of balanced in 25 question segments on a hundred question test. We made a couple of structural changes. We added Greek language, which was a huge, I think, accomplishment getting that done. Um, and I got to credit the misses on that a lot. You know, um, Dr. J, she did a lot to, to do, to really work um, on that project. And um, we changed some things with Greek derivatives in that um, it used to be kind of more of like a largely vocab, English vocab heavy kind of test. Like if you go back and look maybe, you know, seven or eight to 10 years ago, um, still really good content, but we sort of made it a little more robust, um, more like your traditional Latin derivatives contests. And we also included the Greek words in, mm. in the questions. And I'll go ahead and credit Jose Molina for that. He wrote the lion's share of those, those tests over the past five years and did a great job with them always. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, those were the, I think the sort of big, um, big structural changes that we made um, in terms of, so not many changes, um, but just really focusing on making sure that, oh, the other big thing is, that I'm really adamant about is making sure that every question that's written can be sourced, 
right, mm -hmm. in, a, in a source book, right? Um, you know, I know my students would always be frustrated if they got a test and it was like, well, where'd this stuff come from? Like, you know, we, you know, I think giving students the opportunity to be rewarded with the things that they've studied is really important um, and just helps to, you know, grow their confidence. Uh, and then the one thing that, that I started to work on this past year that I really wanted to get done uh, that wasn't able to get to was producing a list of um, student uh, created and generated sources that we can post on the MJCL website per category. There's been so much in the past 15 years that students have produced that's really good. Um, and I wanted to help to try and localize that on the NJCL website. So hopefully that's a project that, you know, I can help to contribute on or that can, that can get done in the future. Because I just feel like the more we can get resources out to students, uh, the better. Because so much right now is dependent on, you know, your teacher and um, how much, you know, knowledge they have of, of, of this material and, and where to find the material. Mm -hmm. So just making that public so that everybody can get, you know, the great notes that students have produced over the past, you know, 15 or so years would be awesome. Yeah, that's actually really interesting to hear because uh, I think once, especially once the online, you know, COVID-19 sets in and everyone gets thrown online, um, the Kurtaman scene has gotten to evolve in the sense of like the interaction space. So we have a lot more people from across the country getting to interact with each other for the first time. And I know that resource disparity has been a big topic and it's yeah. been like, how do we go about solving that problem? And I know uh, one of the discussions actually, which you mentioned was uh, trying to localize something that everyone can access because Right now, like if you just coincidentally go to a school that doesn't have good access to the source books, that's just kind of that. You don't really have much of a solution unless you like financially invest yourself in buying the source books and doing something like that. Right. Um, and if you're a student, you know, so much is dependent upon being exposed to it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, just having the, the public availability of some of those things, I think will, will be really good for the kids. Yeah. So I was wondering uh, in terms of the, uh, quality control and, you know, like how to adjust like difficulty and stuff. Um, one question that's kind of always come up, at least like in terms of test writing is, do you think there is some ideal uh, top score that you want like out of a test? Like obviously if everyone can get a hundred, that'd be incredible. Yeah. But, like, if there's some like, you know, like, Oh, I think uh, a, a 95 or like a 90 or like, do you think there's some yeah. like, nice middle ground for that type of like high score that you would like to see or you think it's like yeah. a good aim i think so i you know i think something in in the in the low to to mid 90s is 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 really the sweet spot now i'm always excited if if a student can get a perfect paper or a 99 like i mean those are like i never try to write tests to say like oh no one's going to get a 100 <laughs> test right like it was it was always really important to me at the end of the day to say, okay, this is a fair test. Is it possible for a student to get every question if they are really, you know, uh, neck deep into their source books? And, and you know, you got to throw a couple primary source things in there every once in a while. But um, always tried to really focus on writing fair tests. Um, but I would say, you know, somewhere between 92 and 97 would be kind of the ideal. Um, you know, what, what, I, what I always tried to avoid was, um, you know, uh, and it happened on myth a lot, you know, 99, 99, 99, 98, 98, 99, 97, 97, 97, right? Because people know stuff and they're good, but like, you know, 
you want to write questions that are differentiators, not unfair ones, but ones where you know, you've got more of a, a spread, you know, in the distribution. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that makes uh, total sense to me. I think that's a good range to go for. Um, and I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of the tests tend to fall on that. I feel like some years, like certain tests uh, can be kind of variable. Like I think uh, history was one that always just seemed to, I mean, it was variable both on, you know, who are your, uh, like, you know, people taking the test and then also whatever the test was, but it, that was the one that I always was like, the, the score could vary pretty yeah. uh, wildly, yeah. but I mean, I think it's also probably the nature of history, but I think that was the only test that I remember. I was like, this, the like shifts were always so weird, but I think yeah. for the most part, like, I mean, the quality control and like the difficulty control seemed to be really consistent. Like, I think that was always super well done. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was definitely a big focus. And and every, every once in a while, we had outliers, like, a couple years ago. Because I look at the score distributions every year and go, oh, okay, you know, are these, are these you know, too high? Are they too low? And, like, we had a Hellenic history one year, and I think, of, you know, high score is, like, a 79 or an 80. And I was like, ooh, yeah, no, that's not good, right? You know, we've got to make sure that next year we're focusing on, uh, you know, writing a more balanced test. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, from your perspective as a teacher now, uh, I'm really interested in hearing some of your present thoughts on the JCL, but first, uh, where are you now uh, in like your Latin? Yeah, so, um, you know, as, as, as a head of school, obviously I'm not teaching as much, um, but I am teaching uh, a seventh grade class that meets three days a week, which is kind of cool how they do it here at Canterbury because for these students, it's their second language. So they all take French or Spanish initially, and then they take Latin as a second language, which is really cool. Um, and so, you know, where am I in my teaching? Um, I mean, I'm kind of back where I started, you know. I, you know, I started as a middle school Latin teacher. Um, I love seventh grade because I feel like at that age, you know, they're so malleable in a good way right so like you if you if you catch their passion and enthusiasm you can set them on a course to really loving latin and jcl and having that experience so i'm really excited for this year i have 11 students um and i'm kind of figuring out like you know the things we want to do i mean obviously there's there are going to be some zoom opportunities um you know, Indiana has a pretty active, uh, you know, JCL, but, you know, so many things are up in the air right now, you know, whether or not the state, you know, um, uh, you know, conference is going to be able to meet, whether mm -hmm. there's a, there's always a, uh, a January curtailment and, and, you know, is that going to meet the, I think the fall forum, uh, the equivalent of it is going to be online at this point. So, you know, just, and, you know, these are first year students who've never been exposed to JCL. So like, how do you, you know, share the magic with them, you know, not in person. So I'm still struggling with that a little bit, figuring it out. Um, but, you know, I, I'm hoping that I'm so, I'm really hoping that we'll have convention live next year. We'll see how it goes, you know. Um, but that would be awesome if I could get a couple of them out to California. You know, that'd be real neat. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm in my teaching. Um, you know, gonna gonna work on building a, a JCL here. You know, it'll 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 be it'll be a little slow at first, but you know, after a couple of years, I think we can get there. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, do you plan to be uh, involved in the IN JCL? 
Yeah, I'll definitely be involved in Indiana and JCL. I don't know, you know, in terms of um, like, I don't think I'll run for like a board position or anything like that, but I'll just help wherever I can. Um, uh, Jeremy Walker, who's the state chair, uh, used to be uh, on the national committee. So, and he does such a great job. Um, and so, yeah, I'll help out and contribute. Um, definitely probably won't, you know, run for, for an office or anything, but, you know, I think, um, you know, the, it's interesting because the convention theme this year, you know, talks about, I don't know if you guys have seen it, um, but it talks about sort of like cultivating your own garden, right? And like, you know, like, you know, um, you know, tilling your own farm. I can't, it's a Plata's quote. I can't remember the, the Latin at this point, but, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling that theme, you know, like, I feel like, you know, this for me anyway, is kind of a, a time for me to like really focus on, you know, the JCL chapter here at the school at Canterbury and kind of really work with the kids and get them interested and, you know, kind of real grassroots kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to help out wherever I can. I don't know how, how like super involved from like a state board perspective I'll be. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, really good that you're still going to help out though. Um, so in this past 20, 2020 NJCL convention, Agon came back for the first time in years. How did it feel to see Agon back? And do you think there should be any changes implemented for future Agon tournaments? Yeah, it felt great to see it back. Um, I was really excited. Um, you know, I, I think the students were excited. Um, you know, we've got a lot of people who are willing to invest time in, in that project. Um, in terms of changes, I'm not sure. I mean, I'd love to get your guys' feedback on that. I mean, I like that um, it was kind of all inclusive one level. I like the fact that students from different states got to play with each other. So I'd, I'd like to continue to see it be a little different from Kurtaman, you know, and not so state focused. Um, you know, it's tough because, you know, there are so many things in the schedule of convention um, that finding time to implement new contests is always difficult. So, but I think is if we keep it to a two hour time block and, uh, you know, we're able to run it on one day and, 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 and do it, I, I think it, and we were able to secure the rooms. I think it can be successful. I think it can be a staple, a convention. Um, who knows where it will go in the future? Like, will it grow? Um, but really, I'm just excited that there are kids who, um, you know, get a chance to highlight their studies in Greek. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's going to encourage more kids to take Greek. I think it's going to encourage more kids to study Hellenic history and Greek literature and Greek derivatives. And so that in and of itself is a really, really good thing. Yeah, uh, this year I actually played and uh, I had a lot of fun. It was a really nice experience and uh, I don't take any Greek classes, but it was a nice opportunity for me to uh, compete uh, in the Greek language. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything from your end that you guys see like could be, could be different or you'd want to see uh, done differently with the tournament? So, I, I really, I really liked it, but yeah, go ahead, Nikhil. No, no, I mean like, so as like, I guess someone watching it from the outside, cause I helped write a bit. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that I thought was like something that probably just needs a basis for is the, uh, language just because not necessarily everyone competing knows the Greek language uh, and like I guess just trying to find some like 
nice basis of resources that uh, can be given to the students, I feel like is a big thing. Because I think like coming in, it was just, it was, it was a bit harder to uh, manage, but I mean, also it's like first time coming back, didn't really have too much time to like, you know, set up and tell everyone ahead of time, like here are all the resources and stuff. But I think that would be something that'd be pretty good for the language side of things, at least. And I like the across level playing. I think the all level is really nice because you get like, you know, even if you have like random, like uh, students are like, oh, I want to play this, but you know, they're playing as like, they don't have a signed up team. You can just cross level and there's no issue. Like everyone just gets to play and meet each other. I think that was really nice. Yeah, I think that, and, and I agree, like producing some sort of, you know, grammar syllabus and some resources, I think would be really helpful. Yeah, yeah so um, we just talked about Agon and we can kind of now jump back to Kirtaman. And we were wondering like, so as someone who obviously has played, has been a coach for a while, and it's just, I mean, been involved in the scene in general for such a long time, what are your thoughts on like the current scene of Kirtaman? I mean, we touched on this a bit before, but I mean, I guess like more specifically, are there any changes you still want to see or you think like this was a really good thing that we've kind of implemented into the current state of Kirtaman? Do you mean just online stuff or just Kirtaman in general? Uh, yeah, a mix of like, you know, what what do you think of this online environment in the current scene and then also just in the game in general? Yeah, I, I think um, I think the NJCL did a really good job with the online format, you know, as good of a job as anybody could have done, right? You know, uh, it was interesting because in a lot of ways, it felt like Kurtaman at Nationals. You know, it was, you know, uh, you know, the, all the procedures, like the, pr the professionalism of the tournament, right? I always felt like that's something that NJCL has done really well. Um, so that was great. In terms of the future of the game, I guess my, my biggest concern and hope is that we will find more ways to grow the game uh, and, to, um, and to find ways for more and more teachers and students to become exposed to it and involved in it. Um, you know, I've had some experiences with teachers over the, over the past few years where like they, you know, they didn't play, but they got involved in it and, and, you know, they saw what it could do for their students. So I think just, you know, maybe having more workshops, uh, more outreach with Kurtaman. Um, we did a thing about 10 years ago where in Florida, we saw that like there weren't as many schools involved in Kurtaman. It was basically just like two at the time. And I was like, okay, this is not good for, for the game in our state. So we did a, a teaching Kurtaman workshop and we invited schools in and, and there was student run and, 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 it, and it got a little momentum and, and helped. So I think more, more things like that we can do, but just outreach, growing the game, um, you know, because it's such a great activity for, for kids. And I think anything we can do to help with that is good. Yeah, and I was wondering, uh, so in terms of this, like, you know, online environment we have now, where uh, a fair amount of the tournaments, I guess, unless some, like, you know, vaccine or something gets us back into uh, live Kirtaman, I was wondering, like, do you think even after we uh, go back to per in person, whenever that will be, um, yeah. that we should maintain this online environment for the I, game? Yeah, I, I do. I think there's opportunity there. Um, and so let's think about it from this aspect, you know, school X, let's, you know, um, let's call it Tom C. Clark High School or, you know, uh, Brookfield Academy, right, wants to hold a Kurtaman tournament, and, but you're going to do it on Zoom. 
Um, I mean, we've all spent time traveling, you know, the country to go to universities to play for Tom and Max. That's kind of caught on in the last 10 years, which has been awesome. Um, shout out to my guy, Ben Van Gelder, for doing that first at Yale. Uh, so that's, that's, been, that's been great. But like, we're talking about access. So having a Zoom tournament, you know, where you could have kids from, you know, Canterbury School in Indiana or Oak Hall School in Florida or Flint Hill School in Virginia, like coming together for an online competition, that's awesome. So I think we should continue to incorporate that into the fold of Kirtaman. I definitely think once we're able to be live again, like that should be the primary focus. But, you know, let's try to find ways to do virtual uh, Kirtamana because I think that can be really uh, a neat thing for the students and can just help grow the game. Yeah, so I was... Uh, I was just thinking about the whole like, you know, online environment and uh, a big thing that came to mind kind of in terms of uh, like online Katana, which you mentioned is accessibility and uh, nationals has kind of always been a, like, I mean, there's like, you know, there's this packet you have to pay for and it's a pretty, it's a pretty expensive packet that like, you know, not every student can just pay for. Like, I think, um, I don't know the attendance numbers for this year, uh, what, but I probably, I think it was over a thousand, right? Yeah. Um, but we have like 30,000 like NJCL like members that seemingly exist. And I'm wondering like, in terms of this Kirtaman as aspect on the national level, do you think there should be some like NJCL sponsored um, Kirtamina so we have more uh, people getting to play these types of like, you know, national level tournaments, even if they can't afford to go to the actual convention. Yeah, I think that would be great. Um, you guys are probably familiar with NAQT and Quiz Bowl. You've probably seen that or maybe played it. Um, you know, they have a really good centralized national uh, apparatus, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I know that um, uh, Jenny Luongo has talked a little bit about this, about, you know, finding ways where NJCL can kind of support question writing for, or like creating universal question sets for different mm -hmm. tournaments. Um, but yeah, I think that would be great to have some sort of uh, more centralized JCL, like this is, this is an NJCL sponsored, you know, Kirtaman, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously that takes uh, resources and labor and hours, but I think there are a lot of people out there who would be willing to contribute to that kind of project. Um, definitely. So I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I like with just how JCL is, I'm sure that there are more than enough people who would be like, I am willing to write questions to set this up. Cause I think a mirrored style thing can help a lot, especially with like newer and upcoming local areas where you know the teachers are just kind of, they're, they're not inexperienced in terms of their knowledge they're inexperienced with like question writing and having these packets set up ahead of time that they can read to students and like you know be like hey look like we have this questions from like a national organization who like does this and like that would I think help a lot in those scenes. And like a national schedule of things or like a centralized hub like on NAQT you can go there and you can find like all the tournaments that are mm -hmm. happening in you know basically all around the country that are sponsored by NAQT um, and I will say this like I obviously have a ton of experience with Kirtaman and JCL and I'm starting at a new school and even for me like that would be really useful to know like oh in late September there's a zoom tournament that I could get my kids into right for the first time and and you know it's like oh this is a real beginner tournament and it's for novice players and um, I think that would be something that's that would be really helpful to be able to grow the game. Yeah, because I think it's a lot of word by mouth now, which I feel like is a very, like, 
it's a, it, I, I'm sure that's how things started, but I think like, you know, how NAQT has kind of advanced in a more sophisticated way of how they've set this all up, I think would be a really good um, implementation, yeah. I guess, for Kirk Commons. Definitely. Yeah, so um, with that, I mean, I guess, I mean, we've, you know, talked for a while and heard, you know, various pieces of like information advice you've given. Um, do you have any one takeaway from like your experience, like either, you know, as a you want to recommend to a player, a coach, uh, someone involved in the administrative team. Do you think there's anyone like takeaway you really have from JCL that you kind of wish others know as well? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I mean, I have so many, I guess, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll give you two things. Um, you know, first of all, uh, JCL has tremendous capacity to change lives. Right and impact them for the better, and and not just in Kirtanman, but in other aspects mm -hmm. of um, uh, of the organization. And so, uh, you know, there there are people who get into all kinds of different things and and love it for different reasons. And I, and I think that's one of the really cool things about JCL. Um, so it has tremendous capacity to change lives, right? And then number two, in respect to Kurtaman specifically, and I'm, I'm borrowing this from Howard Chang. I don't know if you guys know mm -hmm. Howard Chang from Virginia. Um, you know, he, we did a, a workshop at a convention. Oh God, it must've been Wake Forest, 2012, it's a long time ago, um, in which we were just talking about the value of Kurtaman. And, and he said to the audience, you know, Kurtaman creates classicists. Uh, it creates it. It 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 takes kids and and uh, and creates such an interest in scholarship in classics that you know many of the the former players either major in classics or they become really involved in it to the extent that they're you know getting uh, PhDs or master's degrees or they're going into teaching so it creates lifelong classicists and even people who might be doctors or attorneys or business people like they still read Latin right you know they still really keep up with classics they might come back to convention you know I'm thinking of like the Chris Sloan's of the world or you know the the Ben Van Gelder's of the world people who just like you know really love uh, classics because of Kurtaman. Yeah, no, I, I think those are incredible takeaways and I think they are really uh, like key things I don't think a lot of people think about. I think a lot of people can like feel it and you know they like have a sense for it but I don't think many people like you know actually could like maybe verbalize like this is what kind of comes out of the JCL and Kurtaman. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Thanks so much for coming on on this episode of the Buzzer Race. It was a lot of fun getting to hear your insights, your opinion, and your like story as a player, coach, chair, and just getting to hear your thoughts. I think it's always nice to hear what people have to say about what they're so deeply involved in. Yeah, guys. Well, I appreciate uh, the invite to come on and uh, love talking to you about Kurtaman and all things JCL. And thanks so much for doing this. It's been great. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. All right. All right, guys, we'll take care. Yep, see ya.